0: You're with SBS Radio. In this bulletin, Australians continue to gather to mark Anzac Day. Aboriginal leaders in the Northern Territory's largest electorate organize forums to address low First Nations voter turnout and French President Emmanuel Macron wins re-election and vows to unite his country. are gathering to mark Anzac Day 2022. There have been donned services across the country to commemorate the 107th anniversary of, of the Anzac landing. Today's public commemoration is the first full Anzac Day commemoration in three years in some states due to coronavirus. Addressing an Anzac Day event at the Australian War Memorial in the nation's capital, Governor General David Hurley said this day says a lot about Australia. On one hand, uh, we don't need to ask the question why we do this. It's obvious to honour those who have served and continue to serve our nation and to acknowledge the debt that we will always owe them. On the other hand, considering why we pause to reflect and remember tells us much about who we were, who we are and who we aspire to be. Today is also the first Anzac day since Australian forces withdrew from Afghanistan. Major General Matthew Pearce has addressed the crowd gathered in the rain for the service at the the Cenotaph at Martin Place in central Sydney. He says Australia's military campaigns have been highlighted by remarkable contributions from ordinary people. These campaigns, like all Australians, have been committed to a part of our national identity. They are filled with stories of ordinary Australians who pulled together despite adversity to support their mates and put their lives on the line to defend our national interests and secure a brighter future, free from intimidation from hostile forces. On Anzac Day, we give thanks to all veterans for their service, their sacrifice, and their resilient spirit. The services will be followed by marches of veterans. Overseas services are taking place in France, Turkey, Thailand, Malaysia and Papua New Guinea. Campaigning in the federal election will today go on hold for Anzac Day. Mr Morrison and Deputy Opposition Leader Richard Miles have attended a dawn service in Darwin. Addressing the gathering, Prime Minister Scott Morrison has drawn comparisons between Australia's experience at war and the current situation in Ukraine. A love of home, family, community and country. A willingness to live for all of these things that are necessary to sacrifice for something far greater than ourselves. This morning, far away from here, the people of Ukraine are doing exactly that. And on this particular day, as we honour those who fought for our liberty and freedom, we stand with the people of Ukraine who do the same thing at this very moment. And according to the latest data from the Australian Electoral Commission, less than 70% of eligible Indigenous voters in the Northern Territory have enrolled to vote. The situation is most exemplified in Lingyari, one of the country's largest electorates, also one with one of the lowest voter turnouts. Community forums are being held to find out why they have such a low voter turnout and encourage more constituents to have their voices counted in the 2022 federal election. Thomas Mayer is a Torres Strait Islander man from Larakia country in Darwin and a speaker at one of the forums. He says the location of voting centers and a lack of postal services are just some of the reasons for the low turnout it's difficult for us to even reach the polls because of the short time that they spend in our communities, because people are doing things on country, you know, on the day that it's there, uh, all these, and the disillusionment itself. Um, and so it's one of the reasons why we need an amplified voice in politics in Australia. And lingari voters who have enrolled are keen to make a difference. National elections is someone that can make it right for our community. I like to hear Aboriginal people in the violin movies. This is our land anyway. Labor has pledged to train an additional 500 indigenous health workers and invest in life-saving dialysis and rheumatic heart disease treatments. The funding will deliver up to 30 new dialysis units to treat chronic kidney disease and double the federal funding to combat rheumatic heart disease with $12 million for prevention, screening and treatment. Labour's foreign affairs spokeswoman Penny Wong says her party will also invest $15 million to improve water supply in remote communities to enable new dialysis units in these communities for the first time. First Nations Australians are four times more likely to die from rheumatic heart disease, four times as likely to have kidney disease and more than twice as likely to die from suicide in their youth. So the First Nations peoples, First Nations communities of this land need a Prime Minister who will take responsibility and deliver on his promises for all Australians. Transgender Victoria has denounced the controversial comments made by Liberal Party candidate for the New South Wales federal seat of Warringah, Catherine Deves. Ms. Deves hid headlines after the exposure of since-deleted posts on social media in which she called trans people surgically mutilated and sterilized and likened her anti-trans activism to opposing the Holocaust. Mama Alto, Chief Executive of Transgender Victoria, has told SBS in a statement that Ms Deves has spread dangerous and inaccurate misinformation about trans and gender-diverse people. Ms Deves' comments are disheartening and inappropriate. It's unacceptable to compare trans and gender-diverse people, a small and marginalised group, with Nazis. And for her to equate her anti-trans stance to anti-Holocaust resistance is offensive to many. For her to allegedly dismiss the disproportionate poor mental health and suicide risk within trans communities as blah blah is reprehensible. A Liberal Party backbencher has called the Solomon Islands security deal with with China, a money grab from the Pacific nation, Queensland MP Philip Thompson, who served in Afghanistan as a member of the Australian Defence Force, says China is the greatest threat to Australia's national security. Mr. Thompson has told Sky News that it is important to recognise China's financial influence in the region. Uh, we've always been there in support and helping the Pacific family. Uh, China comes in with, my view, uh, a big bag of cash. Uh, we, we shouldn't be on one side, China on the other, and the Solomon Islands in the middle uh, in a bidding war. We will always uh, help our friends in the Pacific and our neighbours. Uh, but what we've seen here is China come in with a lot of money, uh, my belief, and, and bought their way in. Emmanuel Macron has been re-elected as president of France. The forty-four-year-old the 44 has comfortably beaten challenger Marine Le Pen to become just the third person to win a second term as French president. Although his margin of victory will be less than what he managed over Ms. Le Pen in 2017, in claiming victory, Mr. Macron has tried to strike a conciliatory tone, thanking those who voted for Ms. Le Pen and even those who abstained from voting. He's vowed to leave no one behind and reunite the country. He says his second time in office will be very difficult to his first, very different from his first one. The new era will not be the continuity of the five years before, but the collective invention of a revised method for five better years at the service of our country, of our youth. Ms. Le Pen says she will keep up the fight against Mr. Macron ahead of June's parliamentary elections. I fear tonight that the five-year mandate that starts will not break the disdainful and brutal practices of the previous leadership and that Emmanuel Macron will not do anything to repair the fractures that divide our country and make our fellow citizens suffer. So yes, to avoid this hoarding of power by a few, more than ever, I will continue my commitment for France and the French with energy, perseverance and affection, as you know of me. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin have met with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky in Kiev. It's the first highest level visit by a U.S. delegation to Ukraine since Russia invaded the country two months ago. It comes as Ukraine is asking Western countries for more powerful weapons to combat Russia's campaign in the Donbas region in the country's east. Mr Zelensky's spokesman Olesky Asterovich says Ukraine has invited Russia to hold talks in the besieged city of Mariupol, right next to the steel plant where the last remaining Ukrainian defenders are holding out. And into sport, in tennis, Australian Alex Demino has narrowly lost to rising Spanish star Carlos Alcaraz in the semi-finals of the Barcelona Open. Eighteen-year-old Alcaraz has beaten Demino 4 in a three-hour thirty-nine-minute epic. Demino twice served for the match in the second set, but twice Alcaraz managed to escape match point. Demino would have been the first Australian since road Laver. 52 years ago to make the final of the Barcelona Open. And now having a look at the weather around the country. Broom, a sunny day at the top of thirty six, Perth, late shower of two hundred twenty eight, Adelaide, partly cloudy twenty five, Melbourne, similar conditions twenty one, Hobart cloudy seventeen, Albury Woodonga, partly cloudy twenty two degrees, Canberra, partly cloudy nineteen, wollongong showers twenty, Sydney a shower of two hundred twenty two, Newcastle also a shower of two hundred twenty three degrees, Brisbane similar conditions twenty five, Townsville cloudy twenty seven, Rain 28, early springs, cloudy day 26, Darwin, partly cloudy 34, and the Twisted Islands, partly cloudy day, the top of 30 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News.